Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to 12 Stone. How many of y'all are glad you're here already? Be honest, here across the campuses. Man, it's good to be in the presence of the Lord with you. And this is a really unique season for the life of 12 Stone because we're talking about going forward. I want you to say that word with me on three. Here across the campuses at home, loud and proud, the word forward. One, two, three, forward. We're going forward. And inside this season, we're unpacking what it looks like to move forward after the craziness of the last 18 months. In the first half of the teaching, we're, we're talking about what it means to move forward personally. How would God invite you to move forward? And then the second half of the teaching, we're talking about how God's calling us as a church to move forward. This unique sort of season that we're in, and we're sort of using the, the, the thought, the big picture, 30,000 foot thought that as a church, and perhaps you would pick this up as sort of your direction as well, that we are biblically conservative, we're socially compassionate, and all of that with common sense. We're biblically conservative, we will hold on to the truth of God. We're socially compassionate, we care about people who are broke down on the side of the road of life. We do all this with common sense, because if you watch what's going on in our culture, common sense seems to have left the building. And that's what God's inviting us to as a church. But can I first have just a moment of honesty? This week, I had a traumatizing moment. I was scrolling through social media, and it hurt me. I was not ready for this. One of y'all posted a nine-second clip of a Christmas song, and I was not ready for it. It's October. And it hit me, and I, I didn't know what to do. My emotions were mixed. It was traumatizing this week. Who posts Christmas songs the first week of October? I, was, it, I didn't know what to do with myself. I was, I was frozen in time. Christmas found me in October, and I wasn't ready for Christmas yet. In fact, I want you to experience it with me. I want, I, want to, I want to traumatize you as I was traumatized. I want you to experience this with me. So guys, go ahead and cue that up, and be, stay in touch with your emotions here for a second. Go ahead. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Mm. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Don't sing along. Don't sing along. <laughs> now, I'm curious. How many of y'all, like, your heart just grew three sizes? I'm curious. All right. How many of y'all, you didn't, you didn't, it's not that you didn't like it. You're angry. Like, that made you angry. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with you, but you need to watch The Grinch again and let Jesus do what he did to the Grinch. See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess, it wasn't traumatizing. I love Christmas music. If I'm having a bad day in July, you think I'm joking? Man, it's a tough day, long meetings. Throw on a little Harry Connick Christmas album. I drive home with it. I don't tell anybody until now, but by the time I get home, I'm happy. I love Christmas. I would do it all year round. Here's the question. Is Christmas music good or bad? Is it in July, though? For me, it is. For a lot of you, it's going to make you angry. See, Christmas music is neutral. In July, maybe not so much. In December, is awesome. Let me ask you another question, because I'm making a point. Is ambition good or bad? It's a neutral word, isn't it? Have you, tell me you haven't seen ambition used improperly. People have an ambition for the wrong things or grabbing ambition in the wrong ways. And then you see ambition used in a beautiful way. See, today we're talking about ambition. And the word ambition has gotten a bad rap in the Christian world. Like the word ambition has some ickiness attached to it sometimes, doesn't it? Like that person's ambitious. Is that good or bad? 
It's a, it's a compliment and it's a put down sort of at the same time. And for many of us, the reason the word ambition has got connections to like the icky side is because we read what we taught last week. Philippians 2, here's what Paul said. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. So Paul's saying, get rid of all selfish ambition. And we link those two words and make them one thought. Ambition equals bad. But here's what you don't know. Today, we're going to be sitting in Philippians 3. And interestingly, Paul says in Philippians 2, get rid of all selfish ambition. Then he jumps into Philippians 3, and he begins to tell us all the things he's ambitious for. It's like, Paul, you just said get rid of selfish ambition, and then you told us all your ambitions, as if he's saying, listen, there's another type of ambition. If you're a follower of Jesus, there's another type of ambition. What if Paul's saying we should put down selfish ambition, but pick up godly ambition? See, I want you to see Paul's line of thinking through chapter 3, and maybe God brought you here with us this weekend because he's going to invite you to pick up ambition. Maybe you've used that as a dirty word over the years. Ambitions, that's, not, that's got some icky to it. God might say, I want to awaken something in you, church. So let's look at Paul's words, starting in Philippians 3, verses 4 to 6. Here's what he says. If someone else thinks that they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, we want to unpack that now, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, another word for ambition and drive, persecuting the church as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Here's all that he's saying. This is Paul before he met Jesus. And he's saying, listen, I was the most ambitious person you would have ever met. Anything to do with earthly religion, I did all of it. I followed all the laws, all the rules. I did all the festivals, all the stuff. I learned all that I had to learn. I was ambitious. I did everything I had to do on this earth to try to make something in my life. And that actually drove him to persecuting Christians because his whole life was about, his, all, his, all of his ambition was about making a name for himself by being the dude who will stop the gospel from going forward. But if you know the story of Paul, but no, his name. His name was Saul, and then he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and Jesus changed everything about him, and it changed his ambitions. Listen, here's what he says in verses 7 through 9. Now this is Paul saying, after I met Jesus, here's what happened. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. He's saying, listen, all the things that I gave my ambition to before Jesus, as soon as I met Jesus, I realized they were all garbage. Talking to Pastor Steve Walton yesterday after prayer, he said, Do you know the Greek word for the word garbage is only mentioned one time in scripture? And this is like the word you can't say in our modern day television. When he's saying garbage, he's talking like poo. Like it's it's the word you can't say out loud. Paul's making a point like it's not just garbage, it is absolute junk. As soon as I met Jesus, all the things I gave my ambitions to suddenly look like garbage compared to knowing Jesus. 
It's like someone who made all the money the world could ever offer. A billionaire, not, not such a thing, but a trillionaire. And they look around and go, it's just still hollow. He said, I did everything I could, and it still came up hollow. And now he's a different person. Listen, when Jesus changes your heart, he changes your ambitions. When you meet Jesus, like Paul, he doesn't just change your heart and your eternal destiny. He changes your ambitions. He changes what we should be chasing, right? See, Paul gave his life to chasing empty, hollow religion and gave it everything he had. Then he met Jesus and he said, all that that I used to chase, all that I gave my best attention, energy, and affection to is all garbage compared to knowing Jesus. Here's what Paul is chasing now. I want you to see now. This is the Paul after Jesus. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Do you hear the ambition in those words? I strain for it. I strive forward. I go after that. See, this world offers lots of prizes and goals, and Paul's like, listen, I grabbed for all of them. But once I met Jesus, my ambitions changed. I became a different person chasing different things. See, when you bow to Jesus, God does not remove your ambition. He redirects them. Here's, here's a lie I think we, we have allowed to sort of sit inside the church. If you're a follower of Jesus, you should not be an ambitious person. Like as soon as, like before Jesus, you can strive and be ambitious in business and for your career and for what you're doing in your life and for the future you want. And then as soon as you become a Christian, you set all those aside and you just go, I'm just going to sit and trust and wait. I don't have to work and strive. And what Paul's telling, listen, Paul was one of the most ambitious people in all of scripture after he came to Jesus. Listen. What God wants to invite us into today is, listen, Philippians 2, lay down selfish ambition. Philippians 3, pick up godly ambition. And here's what I mean when I say ambition. Ambition is an earnest desire for something and the willingness to strive for it. It's, I have an honest and earnest desire for something and I have a willingness to strive for it. I have an earnest desire for Krispy Kremes and I will drive to the Krispy Kreme place in the name of Jesus. Like, I want it, and I'm going to work for it. If you need a simple definition, ambition is wanting and working. It's, I want something better for my life, and I'm going to work for it. See, I don't think we have issue in the wanting category. <laughs> you want stuff, right? There's, there's dreams you have for your life, for your family, for your marriage. There's, there's things that we want, but maybe what's happened over the last 18 months is not that we lost the want side of ambition, but we've lost the work side. See, my son Luke started playing basketball. He's excited about it. First three games, he didn't score a single point. He's frustrated. Like, Dad, people are scoring points. I'm not scoring anything. I said, son, you want to score? He said, oh, I want to score so bad. I said, how bad do you want to score? I said, real bad, Dad. All right, you're going to have to work for it. So every Thursday, my dad would come over. Grandpa would do basketball lessons in the driveway, chalked out the court so he knew where everything was. And every night, 25 shots from the same spot on the floor. We got we to find your magic spot on the court. Magic spot. That's your magic spot. Every night he's working, working, working. Yesterday, Luke's game, 
he scores three baskets in the basketball game. Can we give it up for my boy? It's a proud dad moment. If you're at the Browsland campus and see my son, give him a high five. That was a big day. Chip off the old block. Listen, it's too soon to talk NBA. Division one, we're going to probably lean that direction. Here, here's what he learned. He wanted something more than he was willing to work for it. And the lie our culture is telling us right now is that perhaps what culture is telling us is that you should get the things you want without having to work for them. It's a dangerous thing that's happening inside of our culture. I want to be healthy, but I don't want to eat right and exercise. I want to have solid finances, but I don't want to work hard and save. I want to be successful, but I don't want to have to study in school and start at the bottom and prove myself with the little things. I want to have a godly family, but I don't want to work to prioritize church, family devotions, and date nights. And we see lives that other people are living, and I go, I want that life. What you didn't see is the years of working behind the scenes to build that life. And if you're a follower of Jesus, we should be many of the most ambitious people on this planet. We should have an ambition to want more for our family, for our kids, for our character, for our soul, for our future. See, there are two things that will destroy your future. How do you move forward? You've got to know there's two things that will destroy your future, selfish ambition and lack of ambition. See, Philippians 2 told us selfish ambition will destroy your soul because you'll cheat, beg, borrow, steal to do whatever you can to get your stuff. On the other side, a lack of ambition will leave you broke and empty. Selfish ambition, lack of ambition. Paul never said to lay down all ambition. He said lay down selfish ambition, vain conceit, but rather in humility. Saying, listen, ambition itself is not bad. But over the past 18 months, can we have just an honest moment? Over the past 18 months, it's been really easy to live in a lack of ambition. For many of us, Netflix replaced your time with God. Overeating replaced your workout. Drinking replaced your time investing in families. Mobile games and social media replaced your time putting 100% of your career and your calling. Some of y'all are still working remotely and you know that no one's looking over your shoulder like they used to. And so you don't have to be ambitious for much because they don't know what you're doing with your time. And you, you can wake up at the end of this season and realize there are things that you want and you don't want to work for it anymore. It's a dangerous place to sit. So I got way too much to sit inside of and teach and ambition. We might actually come back this spring and do a whole series on godly ambition, but here's where I want to sit. If you're a follower of Jesus, you should be among the most ambitious people on the planet. And that might sound counterintuitive. So let me be very clear. You do not work to get God's approval or love. I just have to say this because we could, we could mix this up. Salvation is not through anything you've done. It's through what Jesus did on the cross. You don't have to work to get God's love and forgiveness. You surrender into that. You don't work and sweat into, into salvation. You surrender into it. But once, like Paul, but once you've experienced all that Jesus had and the salvation and grace that he's given us and the calling he's put in our life, we should be so much more ambitious than the world because we know what's really at stake, Right? Like, we know what's actually happening, that God's created you on purpose, for a purpose. He's put you here for a reason. Ephesians 2.10 says it simply like this. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We know what's at stake. 
We should be the most ambitious people on the planet, and this should apply to the most practical places in your life. Listen, if you're married, you should be asking questions like, how does my marriage get to the next mountaintop? I got dreams and plans. You should spend time with your spouse saying, how do we get to our next mountaintop? If you're a parent, you should have ambition for your kids. I want my kids to know Jesus and then figure out what they're good at, and how God's wired them, and I want them to study and do well in school and work hard and get good at something and have a career. I want, I want to have ambitions for my kids. You should have ambitions for yourself to work, to get better, to study, to better yourself. We should have ambitions. Listen, if you're in business, you should be asking questions like, how does my company get the next thousand dollars, $10,000, $100,000, $1000000000 because God wants to use you to fund the kingdom. You should bring godly ambition into your career, your calling, your family. You should be driving forward in this season because we know what's at stake. Listen, we've sat inside of this season as a church. How do we move forward as a church? Kevin and I have spent hours praying and asking God and seeking counsel and dreaming about the future of our church. How much more should you be doing that for your own life? See, over the last 18 months, it's been so easy to exist inside of a five-day work week, just get me to the weekend. Survive school this week. Survive work this week. Get me to Friday night so I can just relax and sleep in on Saturday. And that's the sum total of your life. And maybe God brought you here today to say, I want to awaken or reawaken godly ambition in you. Where have we drifted into lazy, the lack of vision, lack of a picture for our future? Or maybe the Spirit of God has brought you here just simply for this. I want to reawaken ambition. You know, God has dreams for your future, for your kids, for your career. God's given you gifts and abilities and wired you for something and it's so dangerous to drift into selfish ambition or lack of ambition and just give up the thing that God's called you to, which is godly ambition, to want for things of God and to strive and work for them. See, church, we should be some of the most ambitious people on the planet. And I love that in chapter three, Paul uses words like goal and prizes and run the race like we like to set those things aside. There are harvest days for people who actually sow godly ambition. If you sow, you will reap. If you are a person of godly ambition, there will be a day where you reap. Galatians 6, 9 tells us, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You will reap a harvest if you don't give up. But God's calling us as a church into a season of godly ambition eyes to see, to dream, to strive, to work. And maybe you're sitting in this season, and here's what often happens. If you're a person of godly ambition, oftentimes you begin to see success. And maybe you're in a season of success, and you go, man, I, I applied godly ambition to everything I was doing, my company, my family, and I'm seeing it pay off. Listen, oftentimes success leads us back to selfish ambition, doesn't it? And selfish ambition requires fresh surrender. And there's a cycle that God's inviting you into. Listen, apply godly ambition to, to want for something and work for it. And then as you see success, you have to re-surrender and freshly surrender again. That's what God's calling us into. That's what God invites you into. 
And in a minute, we're going to talk about the ambitions we have as a church, because we have ambitions. We have dreams for our future as a church. But I want to pause for just a second. I want to give the Holy Spirit space. Because I can't talk to all of you. There's too much varied people. There's ages and genders and socioeconomic and different stages in life and different jobs and callings. But I want to ask the Holy Spirit that he might put his fingers somewhere and say, you have stopped working for this. You have stopped going after this part of your life with a godly ambition. So pause for a second. Let me pray. As I pray, Pastor Kevin's going to come out. And so Jesus, thank you that we don't have to strive and work for salvation But once we've tasted salvation, tasted the forgiveness of Jesus, we know what's at stake. And so, God, there might be places that you've brought people here today, and the only reason they're here, maybe, so you can just lean in and say, I need you. You need this. Apply godly ambition back to your marriage. You've gotten lazy over the last 18 months. Apply godly ambition to your marriage. Maybe in your parenting, you've gotten lazy in the last 18 months, and you just Throw a movie on and get through the next night. And God's going, no, apply ambition there. Maybe you've gotten lazy in the last 18 months in your career, your calling, your work, your business. And God's going, no, you've got to apply godly ambition there. Maybe students, you're in school and you know how to get through because it's a digital work day and you can just do enough to get through the class and you're not learning. And God's going, students, there's a future I have for you. Apply godly ambition. Got any place that you would just tap and point a finger and say, a follower of Jesus, you should be among the most ambitious people on this planet. God, would you just point a spotlight there? And as we surrender that, would you give us a harvest down the road because of that? So Jesus, we love you. Would you bless our conversation about where you're taking us as a church? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Don't you want to just say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jason. That right there. Come on, man. That's fire. And that is so good and so helpful to us. And, And for some of you, these Uh, this style of teaching over the last three weeks, and we'll probably do a bonus week, probably next yeah. two weeks, we'll, we'll do this, sit in Philippians, and, and, and then where God has taken us might be awkward. Don't you think maybe we should pause and just say, okay, first you're given a word to how we go forward personally, and then you shift the teaching halfway through, and this is this strange. Maybe yeah. we should say something to guests. Yeah. If, if, you're, if you're a guest of ours, first of all, we're glad you're here. Like, we created this place for you. Like, we exist for people who aren't here yet, so we're glad that you're here. But this is not a normal weekend. Like, this is not how every weekend plays right. out. We don't cut the teachings in half and do a, 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 a shorter teaching up front and then talking about 12-stone stuff. But we're an ambitious church. Like, we have ambitions for the future. We're not done. This last yeah, 18 when he months says has that, been complicated. What, what should he hear? Yeah. yeah. I was just giving them permission. They wanted to. Thank you. Yeah. Agreed. That, that's in our fabric as a church. We're ambitious. You know, the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing, and forceful men and women will lay hold of it. That's us. We're going to lay hold of what God's calling us to. And so every couple years, we have to sort of take a unique sort of couple weeks and say, we're going to tell you where we have ambitions. We're going to tell you where we think God's taking us. And that's what this is. And for two more weeks, we're going to do this. But if you're a guest, hang in there. Enjoy what God's sort of inviting us into. And we'd love to make this Uh, your church family, and this is where then God's calling you to be a part of. So, and part of that ambition opened the door to to you and our desire to serve you. So let, let's 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 talk about where we've been and let's push ahead. Uh, we've we've talked about this is a rebuild season, and mm-hmm. and I think the way you said it was as we rebuild campuses that that we would build relationships, Inside, rebuild yep. reach, uh, next generation. That's got some fire. Mm-hmm. Do you want a moment on that? 
We're, we are all in for what God's doing in the next generation because it matters. We're going to uh, rebuild biblical, uh, biblical knowledge, biblical values, biblical decision-making. You're going to feel that shift over the next 12 and 18 yeah. months. And if you didn't get in on that teaching when we launched uh, this kind of series, mm-hmm. you got you to listen in on that. This part of what puts a fire in you and say, mm-hmm. yeah, we need to be a part of that. We need to make that happen. Mm-hmm. We picked up on um, uh, expanding campuses, and part of that included... Uh, Jackson, Out into Jefferson. Jackson mm-hmm. County, Jefferson. Mm-hmm. We made a, a hint. Is there any? We said we'd come back. We don't have a lot of time. Do you want to add yeah. a couple of things to yeah, our me, ambition? Now, yeah. can we just say ambition or yes. can we assume godly ambition when we say ambition? Yes, it is godly ambition. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we, if we say it, it's godly ambition. How's yes. that? Uh, let's just say this. We want to see people in Jackson County, Jefferson sort of area find Jesus. They need Jesus. Yeah. And we have ambition for it. And so let me just give you a couple more layers to that. First of all, if you're at the Brazilton campus, you know we built that building as sort of a temporary place with a phase two coming. What phase two is going to look like is we're going to finalize that building. We're going to add about 150 seats yeah. there, expand some children's space so that building can be like done, like it's finalized. That's where you live for in perpetuity. And then we actually go into the Jackson County area and the Brazelton campus is going to be sort of our seed launch to that. Yeah. Maybe you have friends in the Jackson County area. Text them. Say 12 stones coming, boys. Let's go. We want to let you know we're coming. Let them know that we're coming to to Jackson County. But there's order to this thing. It's going to feel like one of the five campus launches and that it might be uh, uh, like set up, tear down for a while. God might give us a space quickly. It might take some time. We don't know how the time is going to go. We have a whole team chasing locations. And so pray with us that God would open the right door. But we've got to grab the right core team, the right campus pastor, and the right facilities. Like that's just practically how it works. You get that, right? The right core team of people that say, I'm going to Jackson. Let's go reach those people for Jesus. The right campus pastor to lead the charge and the right facility building to actually be inside of. And so that's the order that we're doing. We're chasing all those things right now. And by the way, maybe you're in, a, in, in the Jackson area. And you say, I want to be a part of that core team thing. I want to know what that looks like. You can text the word Jackson to 37748. Let us know that you're interested in that. We'll reach back out to you. And we're in that season of building a core team. Maybe they'll use 12 Stone Home up in that area for a while. Maybe you'll be a part of the Brazilton campus while we're in the process of building that. But we're so fired up for what God's going to do in that county. And then many, hopefully many more counties to go in the years to come. If you're close enough to somebody, high five. Come on now. That is so good. Let's go do that. Now. We also talked about uh, 12 Stone Home, and that was pretty cool last weekend, and we tried to give you just a really uh, beautiful picture of how profoundly God is using this last season, the season we're in, to open up doors where church doesn't merely happen in a physical, live campus, so to speak, building, but God's opening up living rooms yeah. across the country, and coffee shops, and, coffee shops and-, and Anna, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, but we paused because we were running out of time last week. I know there was stuff we wanted to hit. Let's go ahead and add this whole three-city thing that God's been giving us yeah. ambition for. If you were here last weekend, if you missed it, again, catch up. But we believe God's called us to have a gospel present in all of the 50 states. And obviously, we're not going to do that building bricks and sticks 50 times. But there's, that's a lot of states. 50 is a lot, right? We believe God's called us to that. And 12 Stone Home is going to be one of those ways that we do that. And there's going to be 12 stone homes that we like fires that we stoke, like God's already doing something like out in Spokane, Spokane, you heard that last week, we're feeding that fire, but there's also going to be fires that we start. And this right here is the map of where we already have. Yep. So started. Correct. But we're going to start, we're going to target three cities. Listen, and we're going to 
on purpose, aggressively, with ambition, <laughs> go start 12 Stone Homes? And what if we could take a city for Jesus not having to build a building first? Like, think about this. If we could move at the speed of the opportunities God gives us versus we have to go find a building and build a building, God's given thousands of people square footage that could be used for the kingdom. What if we targeted, let me give you four cities that we're looking at. We're not going to go to all four right now, but these are the type of cities we're looking at. Cities like Athens or Augusta in the state of Georgia. We think those places are prime where we could launch a 12-stone home network there. Cities like uh, Greenville and Asheville, North Carolina, South Carolina. And here's, here's what we want to do. We want to hire a city pastor. Like we have campus pastors yeah, you that are physical listen to campuses. Because this, this is, we've never done this. This, this is, is R&D for the kingdom. Correct. Research and development, if you know R&D yes. is. R&D, I knew that. R&D for uh, the kingdom. What, what if, in the same way we hire a campus pastor for Sugarloaf, Browsing and Snellville, you get it. We hired a city pastor. And they weren't the pastor of a facility. They were a pastor of a city. And they went and lived in that city, and they started an underground church almost, like 12-stone home network. And we start with one living room, and two living rooms, and 10, and 15, and 20 living rooms. And we begin to say, listen, we're going to take this city for Jesus without ever having to build a building. And maybe we rent space once a month or once a quarter, and we bring all of them together, and they have a night of worship and prayer. Like, can you start to envision the speed at which we can start to move kingdom stuff forward? And so we're going to be looking at targeting Three cities, probably at least two of those cities are going to be on the list, but maybe there's cities that we aren't even thinking about that you've already got people there. You might be listening right now and say, I want to be a, I want to know more about this city pastor thing. I want to, I live in one of these cities. I want to be a part of that. Text home to 37748. We'd love to help you be a part of what God's going to do. And so this is again, this is the seed moments, the small moments that we're starting in that we believe God's going to spread like wildfire across the 50 states. And I don't know if you mentioned the other two. Did you mention yeah, them? Asheville, Did, Greenville, okay. Athens, and Augusta are the four that we're sort of targeting. Yeah, right we're now. targeting those right now. And You'd be praying for God opening doors yeah. and giving us city pastors. Again, high five somebody if you're near him. This is awesome. Good stuff, fun, or, yay God. Or we'll be sensitive. If you need to elbow, you can do that That's as well. That's why I went high five. Like, you can't oh, yeah, do no that germs now. there. Okay, anyway. how about this? Still germs. Okay, just right. look at your neighbor and go, no uh, germs. That's old We're school. good. How's that? We're good. That's Man. helpful. <laughs> And then we talked last week about Indiana, and we've got a partnership oh, yeah. up there, a partner church, and that's the first of many, and you guys, again, catch up last weekend, but that sort of catches us up to where we are today. Okay, now, one of the things we want to major on today is the whole church planting thing. If you're not familiar with what we mean by church plant, first of all, you need to know the Apostle Paul, the church of Philippi, we're in the book of Philippians, Paul planted that church, and the church didn't exist and he started the church, built the core group, then built the church up, multiplied it. He probably planted, some scholars think, some 20 churches, and then they planted churches, and the kingdom multiplied. So 12 Stone is a church plant. Over 30 years ago, think about, you got to get, you got to wrap your head around this, because this, it's the only way it's going to make sense, Jason, is yeah. if there's a church in Michigan, what do they care about, Georgia? <laughs> Who cares? Except that I'm on staff up there. And God puts a call on our heart to plant a church down in Georgia. How's that going to help any of them? Tell your neighbor right now. It's not. Just tell them right now. It's not. It's not. Who cares? Who cares? It's Georgia. It's not Michigan. It's not next door. It doesn't help us. Except if you have a kingdom mind. If you have the whole thing that, that Paul's talking about here. What matters most? Whole first chapter of Philippians 1. As long as Christ gets preached, what else matters? This group of people, Kimberly Community Church, KCC, put in the resources, 
leadership tools help and walked alongside us. Even when I was ready to quit, mm -hmm. they said, if you've lost faith, borrow ours. We're here because another church had the fire and godly ambition to plant a church. And we're here. Don't you want to just, it's kind of like saying, thank you, mama. Don't you want to say, just say thank you, KCC, with, with loud and proud. Everybody together, wherever you are, all the campuses, thank you, KCC. Ready? One, two, three. Thank, thank you, KCC. KCC. And, and we're going to be KCC to many others. So let's talk about this fire that God's put in us to plant churches. And we've jumped in. Tell us about the, where we've been last couple of Yeah, we've actually two. already planted two yeah. churches, and we're planting two more this year. And, and like you said, you're not going to see it in this room all the time because they're their own church. But because of your generosity, your care, your love, your prayers, God's planting new congregations just like this all over the world. I think it'd be cool if they got to meet them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's Why don't that. you yeah. take a say just a minute, and I want you to see the four different church, three of the four. Yeah. We'll bring the fourth out live. Three of the four church plants that you are invested in as a church. Check this out. Hey, 12 Stone Church, I'm Brian. This is my wife, Shannon Bradford. Hey, 12 Stone, it's Brandon Shoup. What's up, 12 Stone Church? My name is Andy. And I'm Lienza, and this is Aliana Ruth. Nine months ago, we planted Rocket City Church in Huntsville, Alabama. I'm the pastor at Story Church. We're here in Colorado Springs. We're on the south side, making a difference for the gospel in our community. We are planting one church in Westfield, Indiana, right where I grew up and went to high school. We are having so much fun watching life change happen in and around the Rocket City. We have 60 people on our launch team. The word is spreading fast. We just can't thank you enough from the bottom of our hearts. We're so grateful for you. We're so happy to be part of the 12 Stone Church Planning Network. We love being a part of the 12 Stone Network, and we could not have planted our church without you. Thank you so, so much. We love you guys. Yeah. And that's a thank you to them, really. It thank is. You it is. And I would high five, but we can't now. Because he won't let us. I'm, I'm Scrooge, apparently. Party pooper. Okay. <laughs> let's, talk, let, let, let's talk about the churches. Let's just, mm -hmm. let's, let's talk about uh, Rocket City there in mm -hmm. Alabama. Yep. God's, that church is how old now? They started... Nine months, maybe? Yeah. So they're starting COVID, which yep. means this isn't going to work, you yep. know, the whole pandemic season that we're, we're in. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this could not have been a worse time to plant a church. Just like there could be, this would be like the worst time to open a restaurant or start a business, right? In the middle of all this stuff that's happening. And yet God put it on their heart and they launched. Listen, last week they had to buy more chairs for student ministry because they're running out of space with their students. That's an incredible yeah. problem to have. They're, they're meeting right now in a movie theater. 12 Stones started in a movie theater, which is kind of not jazzercised into a movie theater. Church plants just do whatever it takes, right? That's, that's, their, that's their, their, their sort of MO, whatever it takes to reach people. And they're, at, they're running over 200 people a weekend, which is crazy. They saw a young woman. I can't use the exact quote she said because she's not discipled yet. And she said a word I can't say. She said, oh, God. Forget it. Do whatever you want with me. And that was how she accepted Christ. That was her salvation prayer. That's a great Tell me move. that's not awesome. Isn't that cool? That, that might be the, the truest sinner's prayer I've ever heard. And she came to Christ, and they got baptisms happening there, life change. It's incredible. And Rocket City is at the early side of this whole thing. And inside of all this last 18 months, they've seen God move massively. That's just one, obviously. 
And don't you know the Holy Spirit loves opening that door mm-hmm. into the hearts of people? Mm-hmm. We, we aren't going to be able to see that impact apart from planting a church. Mm-hmm. You know, it took us over six years. That's because I'm so gifted in leadership mm. to reach over 200 people. These guys are doing it in months. Yes, go figure. Let's talk about Story Church in Colorado. Yeah, Colorado Springs, Brandon and Jen Shoup, and they launched in March. Again, perfect time to launch a church in this season. Uh, they've been, again, already over 200 people showing up on the weekends. They've had over 30 baptisms in the last couple months, 30, which is insane. That's crazy. They're, good. they're averaging a salvation a weekend. So as we sit here, they're seeing one person come to Christ. Think about what that does over time. Yeah. We can celebrate yeah. that, can't we? And for them, they actually have the second largest narcotics anonymous group in the city, and they're seeing people show up who are broke down on the side of the road of life. And they're leading with socially compassionate, just like we do, caring for people in the city where they are first, saying, you don't clean up to come to Jesus. You come to Jesus, and then he cleans you up. And they're seeing unbelievable life change stories and people that are addicted to narcotics, and they're serving their city in profound ways. It's beautiful. So, so what you're saying is the first two church plants have already surpassed your six surpassed, years of leadership. Well, it took six years. Okay, great. <laughs> Appreciate you. And that, that was a really Anytime. gracious way to say that. Anytime. Let's talk about Andy up in Indiana. Yeah, man. Uh, one church up in Westfield. It's a, it's a really, they're, they're on the side of pre-launch. Like they're in all their dreaming and building. In the same way we're building a core team for Jackson County, they're building their core team for Westfield, Indiana. They got 60 people on their core team. They've already had 18 first-time guests And God has opened a door for them to partner with the largest sports complex in the country. And they are the official partner of the Pacers Athletic Center. And that means that they get a chance to serve thousands of families that don't know Jesus yet. No strings attached, because that's the gospel. There's no strings attached to that. It's not I serve you, therefore you serve me. They just get to freely serve their community. They're investing. And we actually believe this will be the largest opening Sunday of any church plant we've ever had. Yeah. And we're super stoked for what God's doing. Good. So good. So good. And if, and, and that starts this new yeah, year, January, Yep, January, 2022. And we'll, we'll, so, we'll get video crews out there. We'll, we'll have videos and we'll probably celebrate that in the new year. So you guys can see what God's doing up there. In and we have another church plant coming in 2022. Only this one, you get to have a moment. So uh, our own staff members, Todd Nicholson, if you'd come out, I think you're somewhere Micah's hanging hanging around here. Micah, come on out. Uh, would you? Come on, man. Here we go. So exciting. Now listen, church, uh, they have been on staff for six years doing great ministry together. And we pray, we don't talk about it boldly uh, on stage and say, we pray our staff will leave so we can send. What we do pray is that the Spirit of God, if he wants to call up church planners, we've been pouring in them and we get to send them. Well, God has put it on your heart. Where is he taking you? Helena, Montana. Ooh, Montana. Big sky country. So, yeah. So, if you need to go to Montana at some point, you got a place to stay. Let the Lord lead you. All right, yeah. (laughs) Why Montana? Well, first of all, we love it. It's a beautiful state. Um, But secondly, three out of every four people in the city of Helena don't know Jesus. And a lot of the Northwest loves creation, but has forgotten the creator. Mm. And so we want to be a part of, of extending the kingdom of God and loving people one at a time. And you picked the name for the church. You, you got to share this. It's Buffalo Church. <laughs> that's what, fitting. That's what men call their church. 
Yeah, Buffalo Church. And Is that because you're trying to get Ted? That's right, Ted Turner. That's right. Buffalo's dude. Yeah. Okay, so, so what is Buffalo? Why Buffalo? So the, I know it fits out there, but there's meaning. Yeah, the story is, is that uh, in a storm, when, when buffalo see the storm, they choose to run through the storm. And a lot of cattle choose to run away from the storm. And we want to be a church that runs to people, with people, because they matter to God. And, and we want to love them. And so we want to meet them in their storms, but help them run through their storms and say yes to Jesus. That's fantastic. Love that. Love that. Now... Uh, this is the early part of the launch, so this is where we get to do all the, all the dreaming, and there are things that you're praying for. Is there any way we could pray for you? Micah, maybe you want to comment on that. Uh, how could we, besides us praying for him, for you, over him, to deal with a lot, yeah, with, a lot yeah. with Todd. Yeah, yeah, we love you, Todd. Yeah. So, but don't give us the wifely prayer. Give us the <laughs> church planning prayer. Um, I would just say that people show up. That's mm -hmm. definitely our prayer that we have people come, but also, you know, the other churches we're talking about just having a launch team. We're hoping to have 75 or more mm -hmm. that come and um, just launch with us next year. So, you know, we're, we're just dropping ourselves there and we're building relationships with people and that God would just bless us in that. And then also we want to be a church that plants churches. Um, so we would love to, uh, even just within the first year, have another church plant come out of our church because we want to see that whole area um, for Jesus. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? That is beautiful. We want to pray that with you. Church, wherever you are, even if you're at 12 Stone Home or if you're at a campus, would you stand right now? We want to join in a prayer. Would you, I, I know some of your guests of ours, some of you might be spiritually unre, uh, unresolved, not even sure what you believe or what you buy in. You, you can just have a moment of silence during this prayer. If you're a part of the, the church and you, you follow Christ, you know the power of this. Maybe we're a bit of a hands-up church. I mean, we just recognize that we lean on God and rely on God. And, and Jason, can we do something before I pray over them? Would you, would you just pray over the things we've just asked of God? Yeah. Pray over Jackson Jefferson and for God to give us the campus pastor couple and, and the core group. Would you, would, you, yeah. would you pray over the three cities? Yep. And, and church, join in that prayer. Our prayers matter together. And then I want to pray over you guys. So uh, lead us, will you, Jason? So Jesus, thank you that you are not done with us as a church, with us as a people, and God, you have vision to expand and reach the next one for Jesus and the next one for Jesus and the next one for Jesus, because at one point that was us. We were the next one who needed Jesus. And so God, would you open doors in Jackson County? Would you lead us to the right facility, God? Open doors that we could have never opened up ourselves. Would you ask them collectively? Let's flood heaven with that. God, open doors for facilities we could have never found on our own. And we can look back and say, God, just like you did right here at this campus and this campus and this campus, do it again, God. God, would you bring us the right campus pastor? Lord, would you draw the right couple to be here and to be a part of this? And would you help us find the right people? And then God, even now, would you align people's ambitions to your ambitions to help us build a core team that's going to launch that campus? God, talk to your, your kids right now. Tell us who's supposed to go launch that with us. Would you draw that? And equally, Father, as we take these cities and say, God, if you'd open the doors and you'd call the right people, we would go reach that city for Jesus. So God, would you open doors in, in, the, the, in Athens and Augusta and Greenville and Asheville? God, bring us the right city pastors. Bring us the right people to come alongside. And will we be able to tell stories years from now 
about how a city was transformed from the inside out. That started with a living room and spread to the streets. So God, thank you that you're not done. And Lord, for all of our church planners, we pray. But God, right now, let's pray over yes. Todd and Micah. So God, we thank you for the wonderful way you have placed your spirit on them. We pray over their marriage. God, strengthen, knit them more tightly together over their kids, over their family, that this would be an amazing experience of godly ambition for the sake of the kingdom. Open up doors for them, help them find the place to live and key relationships, and then God begin to unfold and knit together a core group. Man, when Micah says, God, would you give us 75 as a core group and let us launch powerfully for your sake, then church, ask that for them, would you? God, we pray. We pray for the 75. You already see them, the people that will come to Christ. We pray for that first man, woman, couple, family, student that will come to faith and let that be the first fruits, God, of many. We pray, God, that you would open up doors quickly for them to find a place to gather. And then we pray, God, that what you've put in their soul for Buffalo Church, that you would help them be a church that plants churches, and may that happen early on. God, may you anoint and grant favor. And at the moment they hit the storm, would you give them the courage to run through it? Yeah. Right at it. Would you let them have great favor, forcefully advance for your kingdom? Pray this blessing and covering over them as we send them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.